Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Week 8 preview show with Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. How are you, Edward, this week? Did you enjoy what was on paper a bit of a down week for the NFL, but ended up being quite entertaining? Well, yes, I had an afternoon nap that kind of ran into red zone. <laughs> so I missed the first 15 minutes, but I loved it after that. It's really nice when the Bengals aren't playing in the sense that it's relaxing. You can just enjoy the football. I think red zone is possibly one of the greatest sporting TV experiences to watch as a neutral sports fan in any sport across the world, it's I would very say. very true. Yeah, it's just the, the whole experience is brilliant, isn't it? So, yeah, as we said, on paper, it's potentially a down with entertainment-wise some great games. Who thought... The Browns and Colts will be exciting. I know. 39-38. Was that a scoring army? I saw that and thought. Ooh, I, did, I didn't maybe. check it. 39-38. We'll have a look at that as we go Patriots, big upset. Uh, big. I mean, huge upset. And then an even bigger upset on uh, Monday Night Football, would we say? The Vikings beating the 49ers? I think. I mean. Not as, as big, but still. Well, I mean, for the 49ers, it was a bigger upset. True. Not a shocking result necessarily, but certainly against the grain of play. And I don't think many people would have put money on the Vikings winning that in the way that they did. I think getting back to the Patriots, I just think it was the way they played. They, it wasn't like they scraped it or just worked hard. I mean, Matt Jones looked like a quarterback. So, he, he did. He <laughs> so was that was positive. Still one of my least favourite sports people to watch in anything. I don't know. Gardner Minshew celebrating doing very little. You kind of take because he's Gardner Minshew. Mac Jones celebrating when he's done something all right. You think just like steady on. Yeah, it's only one game. I mean, I would say a big biggest test. shock out of New England, though. The rumoured contract for Big Bill, considering there was talk last week that he might be on the ropes and potentially on his way out of New England. Oh, was there then, talk of a new contract? Yes. Yeah, so oh, right. uh, Ian Rapport tweeted out on Sunday that apparently a multi-extension, apparently that multi-extension is a two-year extension. Technically, that's multi-mark, yes. But... Considering the talk was that he might be on his way out in certain circles, maybe a bit of a surprise for some. Well, surely, what well, well, he hit 300 this week, didn't he? Bill Belichick's ego will want him to be the number one. And I think the number one is 338, I think. The yeah. most winningest, I hate that phrase, most winningest yeah. coach ever. So that'll be in his mind, 100%. It's interesting, the talk, I think we mentioned this the other week, that he was very clear when was the right time to move on for the franchise when he wants to move Tom Brady on. I wonder if he'll be as ruthless when it comes to his time to move on. <laughs> Potentially not when it affects his own bank account. It was a frustrating week for fantasy, though, as we'll get into shortly. Some anomalies kind of bringing in some big points, some big players not doing the business, and our biggest week of buys so far. Have you heard the phrase? I love this phrase. I don't remember hearing it last year, but somebody referenced, was it on another podcast, by Mageddon? I said it last week on this podcast. Did you? That's, yeah. what, that's the podcast I listened to. <laughs> I listened to our podcast the other day. <laughs> that proves how good I think our podcast is. But you don't listen to it live, but you do that. No, I do listen to it live, but I listen to it just to hear how great it is. I think it's Did quite you a... say Vibe Again? Yeah, I did. Oh, great. It's That's quite a really... common term, I think. But no, yes, it was no, me well, I'm crediting it to you, Mark. Okay, thank you. What we're going to do to start the show this week is our My Guy check-in. Malcolm, where's that drop? He's my guy. So on our week one show, we had some guests on to talk about who their fancy my guys were. So those players that they had drafted more than most, those players who they were going to ride or die with through the season. And we thought we'd have a little bit of a check-in. Do we have to check in on ours? We will check in on ours, don't oh, worry. Okay. Um, mine's actually not quite as bad as yours somehow, and mine's pretty bad. First up then, we had Murph from Five Yard Rush. His my guy was Chris Godwin, who we were low on until we heard Murph talk. Murph was very convincing. He convinced us. So at the time, he was going as wide receiver 24. He's currently wide receiver 34. He's had one top 24 game, no touchdowns, and it was the positive touchdown regression that Murph was hoping would happen this season for him that would get him back into that mix. So that's not a great start. It's not a great start, but we've still got 10 weeks to go. He's still got a chance to offset that. However, it gets worse from here. J.K. Dobbins was the pick of Matt FF Dynasty, ADP of RB20. Now, I stand by this. I know you're going to dispute well, no, it. No, no, no. I think... I, I, he was on pace over that first <laughs> oh, half that he played to, to give you good value on that. Well, no, no, no. I'm not giving you anything based on that. I'm just saying that Dobbins could well have had a good season. Yeah, there's absolutely no way of telling. The way no that way the Ravens have that. played, the way the Ravens' running game has still been good with, by comparison, mediocre running backs. It was all there for him. We will never know, though. And as we said when he had his injury, hopefully we see him in the NFL again. Deontay Johnson 
was the pick of Rich from Dynasty Island. Has he played? No, so his injuries have made him miss four games. So he was drafted as wide receiver 35. He's currently wide receiver 105, but that's not a fair indicator with those injuries. Mm. He's still got a chance to pay back on that value over the course of the season. Johnny B, another big one here. Quentin Johnston, mm. ADP of wide receiver 44. Currently, the wide receiver 123. No, he's, he's just not, not involved, is he? he? He's not gone off like I, like I thought. I thought that was a decent shout from Johnny B. Dynasty potentially still some value. However, wide receivers that start this slowly in their rookie season very, very rarely turn it around. Something I actually saw on Rich from Dynasty Island's uh, Twitter feed where he said about those numbers and the projection of actually making it from that. It's unlikely he will have to book significant data trends to make it as a a quality NFL receiver, let alone fantasy. Next, I hate to say it, possibly the, one of the better picks on this whole list, and that was Dowie with Jameer Gibbs, or Jamari as he called him pre-season. ADP of running back 12, currently the running back 25, and we're going to talk about his performance against the Ravens in garbage time. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, his stats very much are kind of plumped up by that garbage time against the Ravens, really. So he's been solid, but I wouldn't say he's been outstanding. This is the stage where... If a rookie running back's going to have an impact, we'll start to see that uptick in production over the next few weeks. Just like we? Brees Hall. This is when yes, Brees exactly. Hall started to hit. Yeah. So potentially this will be the start of something for Jameer Gibbs. Your pick, Ed. Oh, you thought it was DJ Moore when we spoke I, earlier I know, today. I know, in my head. Because I've got him in a few leagues. But It was no. Brandon Cooks. No, ADP been... of wide receiver 40. And I agreed with you on this as being good value potentially. What is he? Currently wide receiver 81. Oh dear. He had very little until week six where he hit 16 points and obviously the Cowboys were on their bye I still think there's a chance he could be reasonable value in there I still think as we stood by earlier in the season he's a good best ball pickup because he's going to get you two three four weeks over the course of the season that's what you want on those dice rolls in best ball I don't know when you gamble on putting him in your actual roster for week to week I've got him on the bench in a number of leagues so I think that shows that he's no longer my guy my pick he went off the board as running back 19, and I gave a solid gold cast iron guarantee yes. that it'd be an RB1, and then also said that I thought he had the chance to be a top five RB. Oh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty sure you said you could guarantee he'd be a top five. I can't guarantee anything, Edward. I'm not God. <laughs> running back 41. <laughs> Why is that funny? You're laughing at another man's misfortune. Yeah, yours. <laughs> he missed one game and has only had one top 12 week. I can't defend that. I thought he'd be consistently a top 12 pick. Uh, to be serious, I am surprised at how much he's underperformed. Have we said his name? Oh, yeah, Miles Sanders. <laughs> Miles Sanders. Sorry. For non-regular listeners of the show, you'd have known that was coming if you were a regular. I would say best of the batch of the picks is probably Jameer Gibbs. Johnson could perhaps turn that around as well. However, to defend ourselves a little bit, I did look then at my other players I've got high shares in, and I was quite happy that after Miles Sanders and after Daniel Dimes, so I'm not going to get into my failings there at the moment, Michael Thomas and Marquise Brown are, are rostered in about a third of my leagues. Michael Thomas went off the board at ADP wide receiver 39, currently wide receiver 35. He's a decent week-by-week flex option at the minute. Agreed. Marquise Brown, I also had ADP 34, currently wide receiver 20. Four weeks of 15 or more points, three weeks below eight points. So he's a little bit up and down, but is giving reasonable week-on-week value as well. I think it's been a surprise with the Cardinals, hasn't it, with what Josh Dobbs has done? I think, yes. uh, you know, um, I suppose... You- you were expecting them to be under Murray at some stage, but it doesn't look like Murray will be back at any time soon. Without further ado, though, I mean, it's what everyone tunes in for initially anyway. Shall we get on to our Heroes and Zeros, Edward? It was difficult this week, but I'm excited as always. Fantasy Heroes. It was a real up week for the rookie Josh Downs, who's looking very comfortable in Indy. Two touchdowns in two weeks and a breakout 23.5 fantasy points. Lamar Jackson, baby! 357 yards, three touchdowns and 36 yards touchdown rushing. Put number eight right back in the MVP conversation. AJ Brown, wide receiver one. This man is balling. Wide receiver 13 or above the last five weeks. Two of those is wide receiver one. 29.7 points. Dante Foreman got three scores, man. One through the air, two on the ground, making him RB one on the week. He just loves playing against the Chargers. Patrick Mahomes was QB1. 
four passing touchdowns as he threw for 424 yards and 34.86 points. Moving swiftly on to Travis Kelsey, who decided to fight for his right to party on National Tight Ends Day very seriously with 12 receptions, 179 yards and a touchdown. We love to watch him playing and he loves the game. That was a Taylor Swift lyric. Ah, okay. I, I got the swiftly on, but maybe I'm not a, a Taylor expert. Very good. A swifty, they're called. Oh, swifty. Okay. I'm not a swifty. Are you not? <laughs> no, I didn't have you down as one. I wouldn't call you such a thing. Shall we move on to the more negative side, though, Edward? There were lots. Fantasy Zeros. Ridley pooped his Calvins, finishing wide receiver 9 with 1.5 points, his worst performance since week 4, 2020. Honest Gabe, his owners will feel lied to. Two horrible weeks for the Buffalo wide receiver. One reception of 1.6 points. Jared looked a little bit off until garbage time, but even then he only salvaged 8.2 points against the Ravens. 39 points for the Browns, surely Cooper feasted. No, he only managed two receptions and 4.2 points. Josh Jacobs drove fancy players crackers in his poor yards per catch numbers continued and he finished RB41. Austin Eckler, the darling of fancy football, is a bust as we approach halfway. Injury and quiet since his return from that injury. Say magnifique. Another good week of punning, Ed. I didn't know you spoke French. That's beautiful. That's all I've got. That and Keller Teal, Monsieur Loup. What does that mean? What's the time, Mr. Wolf? <laughs> Very good. That's all I've got. Other notables then. And we do need to get Malcolm to do as an other notables sound drop or think of a proper name for that section. Yes. I mean, uh, Monday Night Football threw a few into the mix. And I think I said to you, I wanted to stick with Josh Downs because I was, I was impressed by him. And I think he's another... Um, name that we can throw into the offensive rookie of the year mix. There are probably people ahead of him, but he's he's kind of surprised me when I look back at his stats. It's not just this week. He's had a fairly yep. solid start to his rookie season. Someone will be hoping to try to jostle into that conversation as well. No Jefferson, no problem. Jordan Addison, has he arrived? What what a game he had. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal, that one. So we did consider taking out... Well, we, we had to say, should we take Downs out for Addison? It felt unfair to, but he does deserve that honourable mention. Such a big week for Jordan Addison. And Kirk Cousins remains fancy relevant. We were a bit concerned about Kirk. Yes, the Vikings uh, seem to be back. I mean, that's... The 49ers, as a Bengals fan, I, can I just say I'm really annoyed about that result last night because that will make the 49ers... <laughs> Even more oh, angry. They'll be very, very, they'll be very angry. So I think we're going to get an absolute spanking next week. National Tight Ends Day saw three tight ends over 22 points. And Taysom Hill got 16.8. I said on oh. Fancy Five last week while you were stuck in the traffic. I did listen. It was Do very we good need listen. to consider him? I'm glad I've got him as a dart throw in a few best ball leagues because this week he got me over that point threshold I needed in a few places. But when can you confidently ever play Taysom? I'd say at best is worth a gamble maybe if the price is right in DFS. You, 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 you can never say, oh, Taysom Hill's going to have a good week this no. week. Ever. You just can't do it. You can't do it with any confidence. Bijan Robinson's sickness meant he only played nine snaps. Cue the conspiracy theorists. Hey, cue the conspiracy. They are well underway at the moment. I do wonder if those same rumblings would happen if it was anyone other than Arthur Smith as his head coach. That's going to be talked to death for the next few days, I would imagine. But I do worry about Arthur Smith on the sideline. He's very demonstrative, isn't he? He's like, just calm down for a minute. It's like sometimes you just need to have a biscuit. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we all, we all need a biscuit, yeah. Lamar Jackson was elite. Now, we spoke last week that watching him in the flesh in London, he just looked so much more composed than he has done previous years. And that was really clear to see at the weekend. It was an absolute... Who saw that absolute tonking coming? I don't yeah. think anybody, the predictions, and I thought it was going to be a tough game. I know they, you know, they were at home, that the Ravens, but I just thought they were phenomenal. They just took apart a team that have actually been, you know, winning and looking good on defence. 77.8% completed passes, 357 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions in three quarters. Oh, yeah, you gave And up. that was taking yeah. the foot off the gas as well in the third quarter. We, we often talk about when you run away with the first half, how it, you know it's going all right if nothing's happening on red zone. And I, yes. don't, I don't remember seeing the Ravens until that Jameer Gibbs garbage time touchdown. I don't think I've seen a game that best sums up the phrase, a team looks like they're playing downhill. Yes. Because yeah. it was a march down the field and the Lions just couldn't get couldn't going. Couldn't do anything. I don't think I panic about the Lions at the same time. I don't want to get carried away by the Ravens, but that's the game 
that the Ravens have needed to show since that performance against the Colts and ultimately against the Steelers. But I don't want to work first your bubble, but I would not be surprised to see the Ravens put in a shoddy performance next up because that they just they that is how they can play, and I yes. don't know why they can't play get that consistency. They struggled with that last season. Maybe with a fit Lamar, that's going to happen. A big part of that, Zay Flowers is only the second wide receiver since 1970 to have at least 50 scrimmage yards in each of his first seven career mm, games. You can stat. find a stat for anything. Good stat, good that was stat. one the Ravens put out. He's a clear wide receiver one in Baltimore, but his ability to get open and to play as well as he is doing made OBJ have more opportunity, Richard Bateman involved in the game. Aguilar. There's genuine options. That was my favourite touchdown of the lot was Lamar Jackson having about 20 minutes on the ball <laughs> waiting to pick out Aguilar in the end zone. And that's just that level of composure. He'd have run. Last season, he'd have run off with that. The Lions, they put up some garbage time points. Gibbs with 27.6. St. Brown, 23.2. Laporta saved it with a late score, 11.2. It looks like they had an all right I game from to that. say, <laughs> Doesn't sound like they got absolutely tonked. The importance of garbage time in fantasy. Dante Foreman still has juice. Rushing and passing work made him great value. And he was one of the last minute stream picks that I put out on X slash Twitter as well. So I was happy that one of those came off. One thing I'm a bit confused about though, why did Hoyer start instead of Aiden O'Connor? Why start the 38-year-old over the player you could develop and bring on a little bit? And hasn't Hoyer, I'm sure I saw a stat, he's lost his last 12 games. Has he? I'm sure I saw that. It just it didn't make any sense for me. Even split a target for Myers and Adams, but Myers came out on top of Fancy with his touchdown and an uncharacteristic miss in the end zone for Adams as well. A collector's item, Neil Reynolds called it, on Sky Sports. Minshew isn't a great quarterback whatsoever, but sometimes he just puts in an unfathomable performance. Two touchdowns, pass him. Two rushing touchdowns, hosting 28.1 fantasy points. He has such a high ceiling, but he is so erratic. Jonathan Taylor, his first big weeks in last season injuries and this season's shenanigans. He you looked like JT. Kick on, wouldn't you? He looked like JT on the highlights I saw. Josh Downs, you already said, converted five receptions into 125 yards and a touchdown. In fact, the Colts beat the Browns on fancy points. Total yards, both passing and rushing, yards per play, first downs, time on possession, etc., 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 but the Browns beat the Colts on 39 points to 38. It was a horrible week for the Bengals. The Browns, the Ravens and the Steelers <laughs> all won. Those numbers aren't everything. Kareem Hunt's literal millimetres of winning the game at the end as well, which made him fancy relevant again this week. Kelsey and Mahomes will rightly take the praise in Kansas, but Rishi Rice is quietly doing bits. Wide receiver 38, 17-point game is wide receiver 13. That can't go unnoticed. He's averaging five targets per game. And I would expect that to creep up, especially with that post-bye week bump that we talk about with rookie wide receivers. So week 10 onwards, could he really become an entity? He was somebody that I looked at on the waiver wire this week. And I, and I just think he's somebody, that, again, a bit like Josh Down, surprised me. I, didn't, I hadn't really noticed that he's had a solid season. No, he's just quietly got on, hasn't he? A quiet game for Cooper Cup as well. Cup watch, though, even with that quiet game, he's up to wide receiver 52. He's up two. But Nakua is the truth. Mm. another solid performance with eight receptions, 154 yards, and he continues to attract targets, even with Cooper Cup on the field. Calvin Ridley, though, let's talk about some disappointments. Since week one, he has been the wide receiver 81, 66, 31, 9, 56, and 83. The biggest problem for him, Christian Kirk, is proven to be far more reliable and good value for fantasy as well. Yeah, Ridley, he needs to change that zero shirt because he's not yes. living up to it at the moment, is you've he? You've got to, if you're putting the zero on, you've got to be dominant. Yeah, the, the, Roquan Smith is Roquan wearing Swift, that he zero He wears that shirt. zero. The, it's given Swift, uh, the Eagles, a bit of extra va-va-voom. It seems to be quite a, a heavy number on Mr. Ridley. Mm. Yeah, he's someone I'm surprised about. I thought he would have a decent season. Question, Edward. How's Dalton Kincaid broken out? Discuss. You know, it's good to see him have a decent week. He's been very much in the shadow of Sam Laporta. Uh, I think Dawson Knox is injured, is he? So, so I think Dawson Kincaid... Knox is due to have wrist surgery. Was so announced last that night. gives Kincaid more of a chance, doesn't it? Eight targets, eight receptions, 75 yards. Second most targets after Diggs. Gabe Davis has proved to be unreliable. Knocks out the picture. He's got an opportunity, hasn't he? If anyone is going to break in, it should be him now. Jordan Love was serviceable for his third game below 20 points after three straight to open the season. I expect a little more against the Broncos, I'm honest. We're in danger of, I think, whenever you see somebody playing the Broncos, assuming they're going to have a massive game. But I think Broncos will get better. Yeah. And Sean Payton, as much as we've uh, taken the Michael out of him, <laughs> will, uh, you know, will improve them as a team. So, but yeah, Jordan Love is going to be inconsistent. 
He targeted 10 separate players as well during that game. Wow. No more targets than five for anybody. Portland Sutton, where is he on the wide receiver rankings? Oh, um, he had a decent week this week, didn't he? I would say, is he kind of 25-ish? Wide receiver 19 somehow. Oh, that's higher than I thought, yeah. He had his first top 12 week this week. Surely the Broncos, though, need to just tear the roster apart and start again. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they can't, can they? There's they... a lot of talk of our Judy and Sutton getting the targets to put them in the shop window. I don't know who's going to come by in. It looks putrid, and surely Sean Payton isn't going to be a man to be defeated. But, but what? They've given up a first-round pick for Sean Payton, haven't they? Yes. And they've also given up picks for Russell Wilson, haven't they? So they can't really rebuild. No, that's, so yeah, they're going to have to get some mega draft capital back off players that aren't going to attract the draft capital. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they rebuild. Uh, Josh Jacobs, still RB11 on the season, but he's only given us two top 12 weeks. His two touchdowns came in each of those weeks, and he's averaging 2.9 yards per carry, and that is it. Ouch. Last season, he averaged 4.9 yards per carry over the season and had five touchdowns by this point. I don't think it's the right point to say was last season a flash in the pan with that production, but we're going to have to see bigger things from him if he is going to prove he is that running back. Do you know we had similar conversations about last season about the odds carry was Joe Mixon? Yes, uh, we did. So yeah. a very similar stage, I'd say. Maybe that positive regression is on the way, or is it a sign of the Raiders' wider struggles? We shall see. This week, bye weeks, none. I don't remember this happening in a previous none. season. Yeah, so there's no bye weeks this week oh. or in week 12. I don't remember that being a thing before. Maybe it just passed me by. Or maybe we had the exact same conversation last year. I don't think so. I thought, we, I thought we'd have buys continuously now or yeah. bye week teams continuously. So no bye weeks this week. Thursday night football this week is Bills and Books. So here's your public service announcement. Move those players out of those flex spots. But Edward, before we get into the meat of the show, injuries time. Deshaun Watson left with a concussion, clear concussion protocol was then doing shoulder rehab work on the side. Apparently, he'll play week eight. Oh, he was a brilliant cheerleader. Is, on the side, he was clapping away. He was enjoying every minute of it. Is his main issue, now bear with me, because this may be unfair, that he's just not a great guy. Oh, I was I worried you were going to break... I thought about four words. I thought you were going to break our no swearing rule. Is this more of an attitude issue with him? Well, I, I, I don't I, think we're the right people to have the conversation because we just we, every, the listeners know what we think. I just think there's a lot of faith has been put in him and he's not paying that faith back at the minute. I don't think. Saquon Barkley, a hyperextension of the elbow. He was asked after the game. He said, I'll be fine. Lovely. That's all we need to know. Yep. And every time a running back leaves the field, it's nice to know they'll be fine. Jalen Waddle left with a back injury and then returns to should be good. I've looked back. Jalen Waddle, we've mentioned most weeks and I heard on a different podcast today. Someone say that when Jalen Waddle is fit, he's still injured. He just seems to constantly have he constantly seems to have something, but gets on and plays through it. Mm. I can only imagine what a fully fit Jalen Waddle would look like, though. A lot like me. <laughs> <laughs> Jerome Ford left with an ankle injury. Of course, he did because he's a running back that I spent a lot of fab money on. <laughs> you did, yeah. Um, he helped me out with a great start to DFS this week when he went off on his monster run. Oh, that, that woke me up Jackson. from my nap, that, that message you sent me. There was stop a it now. point on DraftKings where they show you your winnings, and I was up to $850, and then it gradually worked its way down to zero. So that was exciting to start with, but then he obviously left the game injured as well. Daniel Jones had been expected to play last week, but remained out, so will he be back this week? Mm. That's it. That's it for the injuries. It's no quite ACLs, nice. going no, no season-ending injuries. Nope. There's a couple of defensive injuries, um, obviously, so not to completely trivialise those, but we're here to talk about fantasy, so that's going to have the impact on us. Ed, time for your main course. Seats of the week. Right, as with last week, I've looked at that defensive adjusted value over average. Our strongest defences are still the Browns, the Ravens, the Cowboys, the 49ers and the Jags. Browns got the Seahawks this week. JSN's breakout may stall this week. I would be cautious about playing him you're probably still going to put him in a flex spot though sit Gino I don't know I don't know yeah they are so good against the pass I'd, I'd be if you the, the likelihood is if you've got Gino though you've not got much else behind him so yeah. you might be forced to play him I'd start Lockett DK Metcalf we don't know whether he'll be playing or it not doesn't sound serious for DK Metcalf Bobo you're Bobo. going to talk about later <laughs> I am going to mention Bobo later on the waiver wire 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't start him. Ravens have got the Cardinals. Sit everyone except for Hollywood Brown. Uh, certainly not a week for Dobbs. The Ravens are allowing the fewest fantasy points to QBs in the league. 9.96. Cowboys have got the Rams. Sit all the Rams running backs if you can. You might not be able to avoid that depending on what you've had to stream this season. You're still starting Cup. You're still starting Nakua. Maybe sit two to Atwell this week. The only caveat I'd add there is that the Cowboys' defence, yes, is elite, but it's not super consistent. No. It can have down weeks. So, you know, you might you might take the risk. The Cowboys are only allowing 13.04 points to QBs. But, once again, if you've got Stafford as your QB, you're probably starting them, aren't you? 49ers got the Bengals. You're starting Chase. You're starting Higgins. The 49ers are allowing 35.2 wide receivers. They're dominant against the run. They're dominant against QBs, but they are allowing points to wide receivers. Sit Burrow, possibly. Second best in the league against QBs, 9.91 points per game. Once again, if you drafted Joe Burrow, you probably don't have another option. Especially after the down weeks you've had with him. You've got to, you know, I think after the bye, Bengals have, have got to look to come into this game hot. Um, if not, that they're out of it, aren't they? It's a must win, really, I think, for the Bengals. Jags have got the Steelers. I'd sit everyone that isn't Nigel Harris and Josh Pickens. Better enough. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Who are you looking to sit this week? Yeah, so let's go back to the Rams. And someone I've, I've been looking at and monitoring over the last couple of weeks is Tyler Higby, their tight mm-hmm. end. So since Cup's return, his targets have dropped off a cliff. So he's had three targets in each of the last three weeks. That's just three targets. And his points have been four, 3.8 and 1.7. So his points are dropping as well. He was close to being a zero this week with that 1.7 fantasy points. He's one of those players who I keep expecting to come good, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And then, as we've established, he's got the Cowboys this week. So there's a chance that he could be limited by that top-tier defence. So yeah, Tyler Higby is somebody that I just think has really gone off the boil. He's someone that I drafted quite a lot as a security piece in best ball. Um, I thought I'd got a master plan for my tight end strategy in best ball. Go for Chig Conquo and then backed up by Higby. That's worked out well. (laughs) You should write a book on your your tactics this year. Honestly, I've got everything right so consistent until we started this bloody podcast. (laughs) Ravens running backs, I said last week that you should sit as the Lions have given up the fewest points to running backs in the league, only 12.2 per game. Gus Bus got 21.4 points, including an 80-yard catch and run. They were low numbers before that, but... Gus and the Ravens offense have always got some of that in them. To be fair, is that his first big week since week one or week two where so, you yeah. said he will get big weeks, but you just don't yeah. know when they'll yeah. come. So yeah, you exactly can't right. possibly tell. Justice Hill, 5.8. So Justice Hill will have one or two big weeks still, and then he'll get you very little. Other weeks, I wouldn't play Justice Hill unless I absolutely had to. This week, though, a running back that I'm going to sit, and I'm sticking to running backs we know very well, I would be sitting Joe Mixon this week. Oh, without hesitation. 49ers are allowing 18.65 points per game to running backs. Not massive either way, but Mixon is on a high this season of 14 points in week three against the Rams. I would expect a very pass-heavy game from the Bengals. I would imagine this has got the chance to be a big back and forth. And if you're Joe Burrow, are you going to go to your reliable wide receivers or are you going to go to your unpredictable running back? Yeah, I just think that the way that the, the coaches and the, the play calling at the moment is at, at the Bengals is predictable, um, which, you know, isn't terrible, but it's going to case. Uh, and we, we're not mixing up the run game enough. So, so yeah, I think I, I expect Mixon to be single figures. Time for a break. Fantasy football is all about collecting the best roster of players. So why not assemble your roster at home with some help from Stateside Sports? With over 30 sports trading card products in stock right now, Stateside Sports is the best place to grab the latest releases in sports trading cards. Collect autographs of your favorite stars, rookie cards of the hottest prospects, and rare super short print cards to make your collection as unique as your fantasy team. Start your search the best way possible. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now. On top of Malcolm's words there, just another little shout out to the Stateside Boys. Last month's customer giveaway, 
was a PlayStation 5. So for every brick you bought into, you ended up with a raffle ticket. I'm still disappointed we didn't get that. Like They should have found a way to, to pass it to us. I couldn't possibly comment because I get more than my fair share of look over on the brakes at state side. You really fair. do, yeah. And... Stokesy legitimately did raffle tickets as well. That would have been, that should have been a digital thing, but he's a man of tradition. <laughs> he he wore a Santa hat as well, obviously, in October. Why would you not? But their giveaway this month is going to be one of three of their Christmas gift boxes. So a gift box crammed full of trading cards and sports collectibles. I think it's around just over £100 worth of value in there as well. So well worth getting involved. What better way to spend some of your hard-earned cash on a lovely, shiny piece of cardboard Potentially held and written on by an NFL player. Once again, <laughs> tell my wife. Like, just a bit of card. Yeah. Once again, we sit there looking lovingly at our cards, and our wives don't understand why they're so important to us. <laughs> they don't. When I tell her how much they're worth, and she goes, "Well, you're not going to sell them, are you?" I go, "No. No. Well, I don't care." <laughs> um, my son sat doing his dinosaur top trumps next to me, and the comparison between us both being children <laughs> playing with cards was drawn. But they're sports collectibles. They are sports important. collectibles. Starts of the week. So looking at our worst defences in the league, starting at the bottom, the Broncos. Broncos have got the Chiefs. You would imagine this would be big points, but we've said about the Chiefs before, they're sometimes disciplined in finishing a game off, taking the foot off the gas. I would start all the usual suspects, and I think this might be Rice's first chance at a shot at having a top 12 week this week. Mm. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he's got a shout at that this week, I think. Cardinals got the Ravens. Start everyone except for Justice Hill. And start Bateman or OBJ, whichever one of them is going to have good flex value. Who that is? Absolutely no idea. At this point, I gamble on OBJ because he was looking much better last week. Panthers. I've got the Texans. Start CJ Stroud. Start Collins. Start Delt. Start Dalton Schultz. Tight end six, tight end six, tight end two over the last three weeks. Can he continue that run? I reckon so. On the other side, start Adam Thielen because he's Adam Thielen and he's doing Adam Thielen things at the grand old age of 33. 33? 33. 33. Old man, old man. Chargers got the Bears. Bears are obviously very, very risky, but the Chargers have given up the most yards in the league to the pass. 310 yards per game. Start DJ Moore, regardless of who's throwing the ball. Maybe start Mooney. Well, Bajan didn't look horrendous, did he? No, Bajan he didn't. looked all right, especially first half. Komet could have a good week. Bajan might be startable this week in super flex leagues if you're desperate. Obviously, you've not got the bye weeks to contend with. If you've got an injury ravaged roster, potentially he could be worth plugging in as a super flex option. In that situation, you'd like to have a wide receiver with some significant upside instead, probably, but he's worth a possible punt there. The Bears are giving up the fourth most yards past 257.1. You probably started everyone except for Quentin Johnson and Palmer is the clear number two there. That Chargers-Bears game has got the potential to have a lot of air yards or the potential to be a massive disappointment. You'd expect the Chargers to dominate that, but who knows? Who are you starting this week, Ed? Well, it's somebody that I've not been massively high on so far, but I think he is quietly growing into his role, and that's Josh Palmer. Um, He does seem to be taking his opportunity finally. Uh, Obviously, we know Mike Williams, I think he's out for the season, isn't he? Yeah. So he's taken that opportunity. Over the last three games, he's had 12 targets for 270 yards. So no touchdowns, but solid. Um, And he had his best fancy game ever in week seven. Five receptions for 133 yards. And I expect him to continue this run against the Bears, as we've just discussed. So Josh Palmer is definitely someone who... Probably has been hanging around on your bench, and I think he's worth a flex spot this week. And he's got tradition in his favour, because last week, my start of the week was Jacoby Myers, who got 18 points against the Bears. So it is a well-trodden path, a pick from us having a good game against the Bears. This week, I'm going for one who's probably quite a chalk pick, and one who's a little bit more risky. Jameer Gibbs coming off his biggest week, albeit feasting on garbage time. He's got control of that backfield with Montgomery still out. And this week has the Raiders, who are on the sixth most rushing touchdowns this year and the fifth most fancy points to running backs, 25.46 points per game. So if you've drafted him, you're starting him anyway, but he could give you good value this week. Someone else, if you drafted, you're starting anyway. But Chris Olave has seen 25 targets over the last two games. And this week gets the Colts, who are allowing 34.4 points per game to wide receivers. Is this his week? 
I really hope we finally get to see some prime Chris Alave. Well, I'm sure you hope that because you've got lots of shares in him. Quite a bit of Chris Alave, (laughs) yes. That's the end of the starts. Next. Fire from the wire. Yeah, so, I mean, after last week, there were quite a few options on the waiver wire. And I think there's a few this week. There's definitely some people who've emerged, you know, due to injuries, whatnot. So first one is the running back at the LA Rams. That's Darrell Henderson. I mean, there's always a time of year when he is popular. Darrell yeah. Henderson, he always becomes popular at some point. Obviously, you've got Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers on IR. So, you know, you expect Henderson to have decent volume over the next three games. The caveat, yards per carrier only 3.39. So don't expect fireworks from him, but he will fill a need if you're desperate. And he's only rostered in 36% of leagues. As we touched on earlier, he's got the Cowboys this week, so that might stop you from maybe investing in him this week. And Royce Freeman is also fancy relevant for the reasons that the same reasons Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers being out. Yeah. Uh, another name we've, we've already touched on, Donta Foreman uh, at Chicago. He's had a monster week. And I expect him to be probably the busiest on the waiver wire. He's rostered in just 63% of leagues. So there's not huge availability. But with no fields, it means that running backs in Chicago are more likely to be productive. Um, and he, he'll remain RB1 if Rashawn Johnson remains in concussion protocol. Charges this week gives him a chance. Um, so, yeah, basically, if you can get shares in Donta Foreman, then I'd do your best to, to do so. Yeah, so he was someone that we'd put out about an hour before kickoff if you were desperate for someone. It just seemed, well, he had a clear path and we always say to follow that opportunity. And he has a game like this in him every now and then, doesn't he? He did leave holding his back at one point, but I'd imagine that's just because by running back standards, he's an old man and he was knackered after putting a mega shift <laughs> he's in. He's so busy. I think you've, you've also looked at a running back this week, have you? I have. So, well, I'm doubling down. So I've got two different picks. My running back one is someone that we mentioned last week, and that is Kareem Hunt. 15.1 points on only 10 carries and 31 yards, but he got two touchdowns. He looks like he's clearly getting that goal line work. Jerome Ford looks like he could potentially be out as well with that ankle injury. Still only 71% rostered, and we spoke last week. He's got a favourite run of games over the playoff period as well for fantasy playoffs, so he is worth picking up if you're in a tight spot at running back and is available. That 71% threshold is where I rule most players out of being available in our leagues. If you're in a league with more casual players, potentially he's still out there. And I think, do you want to kick off with the wide receivers? Because I think you've got a wide receiver and there's a few of those available that you want to so, talk about. Sticking with a double down, someone that you said last week, and I think he's criminally under-rostered at the minute, Kendrick Bourne, oh, only rostered in 39% of leagues. He's wide receiver 24. He's had three weeks as a solid wide receiver option. His low has been 5.6 points. Now that isn't good, but we're in a world where Calvin Ridley's getting 1.5. Kendrick Bourne's low doesn't completely ruin you. No, you're not happy with it, but 5.6 is better than 1.5. <laughs> That's good math. Good math. Yeah, a couple of other wide receiver options. Uh, we've touched on both of them already. Josh Downs will be busy. He's now wide receiver 25, which is higher than I thought, so he'll be a top target. He's only rostered in 52% of leagues. I expect that to shoot up this week. He has got a kind run of fixtures before the bye for the Colts. He's got the Saints. Panthers and the Patriots in his next three games. A definite flex option if you're in need. Uh, Jake Bobo is another wide receiver option. Great Banging name. Great name. Banging great name. name. Um, he, he saw his workload more than double this week in the absence of DK Metcalf. He's only rostered in 2% of leagues. That is for a reason. Um, <laughs> because, well, number one, um, when DK Metcalf comes back, I don't think Bobo will get anything like the workload. Nope. He'd have to be incredibly efficient to be fantasy relevant. Also, the, the Seattle play the Seattle. Also, Seattle play the Browns this week. So I'd be very wary, expecting anything from Bobo this week. I would say he's one to avoid. Don't get carried away. I don't think he's really going to produce much for you. When we've spoken about different biases that we can have in fantasy football. One that I've never thought about until you're talking now is if a player has a name I find a little bit funny, I don't think I take them as seriously. That's true, yeah, Bobo. <laughs> I can remember, I think I heard his name for the first time when I was driving in the car yes. and I said, what was his name? Bobo. Yep. I've, I've never heard of him. So, yeah, I, I know what you mean. A few others uh, to throw into the mix. If you're after a kicker, we've not talked about kickers on the way no, wire. Uh, Dustin Hopkins is likely to be available. He's averaged 19 points the last two weeks uh, as a kicker, which is very impressive. 
Yes, kickers aren't, you know, very fancy relevant. We've talked about them at length, but I thought we'd bring if in If you've got to play one, you may as well have a good one. We've talked about Rasheed Rice, the rookie in Kansas City. He's available in 34% of leagues and has been remarkably consistent. Another good flex option. Somebody to leave alone completely is Julio Jones. He made his debut in Philly with one reception. Don't get carried away. Leave him well alone. He's about as fancy relevant as I am. No, that's not fair. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why you couldn't let me just say that, could you? <laughs> I was ready when you had Julio Jones to say no as soon as you said his name. So I was glad you led with, uh, don't pick him up. Yeah. I just because again, like we talked about, you see names like Kareem Hunt, well-known names. Think, oh, Julio Jones is back. Yeah, he's not going to do anything. No, he's not. Fantasy basics. This week's fantasy basics: something that links directly with something we've said before, but I don't think we've actually ever discussed on any of the podcasts. And we've spoken about numerous times. We did at the start of this show as well. The tried and tested approach of not using your flex spots for Thursday night football players, so you got that flexibility later on. Something I don't think we've said, but I do every single week as well. I think having CMC in a couple of leagues this week made me be even more aware of me doing it. Use your flex spots for Monday night football because it gives you that freedom if there is a last minute injury or someone declared out. So this week I had CMC that I'd acquired in a trade. I'd not got the trade through before most of my other lineup was set. I didn't look at my lineup properly going into the game, but... I'd got Brandon Ayuk in my flex spot, so I swapped him in for CMC. Yeah, because CMC scored for you in that league last night, didn't he? So yeah. you did the trade and then you pumped then him, got straight him straight in. in yeah. yeah, did that? Was it as romantic as that? Meant oh that no, you didn't, won? didn't count for anything. Oh, right, didn't count <laughs> that, for anything. He needed to get me about fifty points. Right, okay. But make sure we use that flex spot for Monday Night Football. It just means that if you've got CMC and he was in your running back slot, you can then only put in another running back. Carl, you're not going to be able to get hold of Matteson. So if you had CMC in your running back slot, you can then only plug another running back in there. If you had him in your flex spot, you then got the option of putting in any other wide receiver or tight end in there or running back in there as well. And as we said before, wide receivers just offer more value in the flex spot. So if you could put any, even on waivers, 49ers or Vikings wide receiver, you got a better chance of getting some points. So yeah, use your flex spots for your Monday night football players if they're just to give yourself that wiggle room on a Monday evening. For UK fans, though, we know the the trials and tribulations of trying to stay up as long as you can on a Monday evening to get that final news in. Ultimately, you're going to gamble, aren't you? What I find fascinating, we've talked about this in previous years, is about the notice that you get about players being injured. Yeah, apparently Arthur Smith and the Falcons are going to be in trouble or investigated about the whole Bijan thing. Like, no, nobody knew there was mm. anything wrong with him. And then they've come out and said, oh, yeah, he'd been feeling weird all day or something like that. But, you know, it, it seems that people get noticed, doesn't it? This is something that is, I spoke about it a few times during the off-season. Uh, Mike Florio's book, Game Changes, there's a whole section in there that talks about the IR and the designations and why they're in there. And a lot of that apparently as well is linked to game fixing and betting and corruption yes, as well, yes. which I'd not realised. Well, I've said a few times, it's a really interesting read or listen as I did on Audible. I'd never really thought about it as why it was so important because it just doesn't happen in football. A player is just out, a player can go and just isn't declared. In football, Premier League teams will often bit gamesmanship all week mm. saying someone's out yeah, or someone's they're, they're in. Not fit, yeah. You're not declaring the same way, but I'd never realised the impact of that and why that's in place. So yeah, if you want to do a little bit of learning alongside Fancy Basics, and I can really recommend that book Game Changers by Mike Florio. But it's time, Ed, to celebrate some victory for you. Are you looking forward to this? Oh, did I win? Let's find out. Fantasy Props. Pestle versus Ed. So you sounded surprised, Ed, but you knew you'd won. <laughs> I let, no, I didn't. I left Did you it, not? No, I left it as a surprise. I didn't check anything. So Raiders-Bears combined points of 162.08. Browns-Colts went and scored loads of points, didn't oh, they? Oh, of course they, they did. Went and scored an absolute load <laughs> of, of points. they did. So 213.9. Oh, do I get two points for that? You are on two points, but <laughs> oh. you only had one previously. So it's currently 4-2 to me. Oh, so I'm 5-4 up. Well, <laughs> no. ongoing, would you like to know how Team Pestle and Team Ed are getting on? Oh, yes. Team Ed are on 571 points. Ooh, that sounds points. like lots that of points. That sounds like loads of points, oh, doesn't no, it? Not... Does this number sound higher or lower than 571.6 points, Ed? 
The number 723.6. Oh, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it, that does not sound good. So it's actually reasonably close across running backs and wide receivers, with the exception of you drafted Justin Jefferson with your first pick. Oh. Course. I'm so happy that my choice of giving you first dibs on where you chose and you went for the 101 and you took just only went for the 102, 102 didn't you? Yeah. to tempt me into it and took well, Jefferson. Yeah. And I wanted to go as late as possible to guarantee Kelsey. So I drafted Kelsey, who's tight end 124.5 points. You drafted Pat Frymouth, who's tight end 34. Lots uh, of injuries. He's injured. Yeah. 25.3. I took Lamar Jackson, baby. Currently the quarterback for. 149.7 points. You took my boy, Danny Dimes. Uh, yeah, that was more just to annoy you. It, oh, I'm really annoyed right <laughs> yeah, now. No, QB no. 31 with 61.1 points. Once again, injuries in there as well. And you had Justin Jefferson, who's obviously missing time at the moment. Also, looks like those three points might be coming home to me. Oh, right, yeah. So what would that make? It's 7-2. It's all right. There's no it's a left. long, long season, though. So I will not count my chickens. Although... When my chickens are laying golden Kelsey-shaped eggs, I think I can be quite confident that this, those points should be coming home to me, Ed. Yeah, that was not a great metaphor. Was it not? No. no. Right. Well, anyway. <laughs> anyway, moving on from a metaphor. So this week, my fancy prop to you, we're focusing on the big boys, all right? So we're focusing on... Lamar Jackson? No, he's rubbish. We're focusing on wide receiver one, running back one, QB one, and tight end one. So who are we Ooh. focusing on? We are focusing on wide receiver Kelsey we're focusing on Tyreek Hill we're focusing on running back CMC back up there it is yeah he's number one and And QB QB Jalen Hurts has been most consistent second I think to this man you know it's a man (laughs) (laughs) so I think I know Lamar's four Mahomes I thought was maybe around three I think Mahomes is three not Burrow, it's the other big quarterback. Oh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yes. I forgot about Josh Allen. So, essentially, we're going to have a team of two, all right? So, you're going to get first dibs, and you will have two of them, I will have two of them. Oh, I don't like And this we'll go one. head-to-head, all right? So, uh, let me just tell you. Now, I think this is quite interesting. You might think, well, this is, um, it's obvious based on the points total. Tyreek Hill is leading the way with a huge 186.6. He's the king of fantasy so far this season. CMC is not a million miles behind after uh, Monday Night Football. He's on 170.6 fantasy points. Josh Allen, again, not miles behind, 160.4 fantasy points. Um, Travis Kelsey is, is probably cut adrift. Now, bearing in mind he missed week one yep. and he had a very much a slow start, mm-hmm. um, 124.5 fantasy points. Um, I mean, I could tell you what they've got each week. Uh, you're welcome. I, I can show you there. that That's their weekly scores. and. Okay. This week, uh, to help you even more, Tyreek Hill has got the Pats, CMC has got the Bengals, Josh Allen has got the Bucks, and Travis Kelsey has got the Broncos. So I think they've all got games where they would expect to get big points. So who is your first pick, Mr. Pestle? I think the first pick's easy. I don't envy you making the second Agreed, pick. Agreed, yes. I'm going Tyreek Hill. That's where I would have gone. So this is very difficult. This is, I think this is the toughest pick. In that I think Travis Kelsey is like his last three weeks have been huge and he's playing the, the Broncos. Broncos. So I'm going out on a limb. Uh, my Lamar Jackson prop worked when it shouldn't have done. So I'm going to go for Travis Kelsey. I'm going to go for my second one then. I mean, the Bengals don't give up huge points to the run, but. It doesn't matter when you're Christian McCaffrey necessarily with what you're doing. So I'm going to go CMC. That leaves me with Josh Allen. So uh, on paper, you've got a very strong team. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, I think it's, I thought it's an interesting On a one. week-by-week basis, you never know quite what everyone's going to do. So that that could be a close one. Obviously, I'm hoping I can make it 5-2 because after my four-win streak, you're on a two-win streak. Yes, yeah, so at least I'm making it competitive because it was quite embarrassing. We've done some predictions about fancy props. It's time to do some predicting to win us some cash money. Sunday Night Bet Club. So this week, it started off as a red zone accumulator, but it has developed into an oh, Ed's Big Bet. Yeah. <laughs> so, Let's get Malcolm to say it too. Malcolm, you say it. <laughs> it's time for Ed's Big Bet. I've missed that drop. It's I've missed that drop. That's the first time for some of these listeners. 
So, Red Zone Accumulator, we've done one earlier in the season, haven't yep. we, in the Sunday Night Night oh, Club feature? Oh, I was feature. one game off. Yes, you were. Now, I thought it was special this week because it's our only, I think, 5pm in the UK, Red Zone really? Accumulator, oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. because of the clocks going back. So, we get a nice extra hour before we have to go to bed. So, I thought I'd celebrate that. And I've gone down, see what, whether you agree with me or not. There's nine games in the early window. So Scott Hansen will be a very busy boy, and no, we're not we're not at work on Monday, are we? No, so that is I'm really looking forward to that early start. No work on Monday. I'm looking forward to Red Zone. I might even make it past nine PM. So, so Pants at Texans, bit of a coin toss. I'm going Texans. Cowboys at Rams. Again, you know, I don't think it's going to be cut and dry, but I'm going Cowboys. Packers at Vikings. Now, this was uh, Vikings are improving. Yep. And so I've gone Packers to boost the odds a little bit. All right. Colts at Saints. I've gone Colts. This is where I am really pushing up the odds. Because Finns at Patriots, I've gone for the Patriots to back up their big win against the Bills and be another hot, hot take. divisional rival. The G-Men at the Jets, I think the Jets will win that. Steelers at the Jags. Again, this is probably a bit controversial, but Steelers is the sort of game I expect them to win. Yeah. They're in good form at the moment. Jags have been very good. Titans at Falcons, I've gone Falcons. Commanders at Eagles, I've gone Eagles. So I think partly because of the Steelers, but mainly because of the Pats, yep. that brings odds of 301. Ooh, that so is a big bet. 301 pounds would come in if all of those nine games come off. That is a, a tasty uh, it's a big bet. Yes, and uh, you know, I, I, I think maybe two of them will come in, but, <laughs> but <laughs> that's normally what happens with Ed's big bet. I won't get close. Yep, 301 pounds, that is very much in that Ed's big bet territory. So we shall see next week how that goes. I will not be here next week. It'll be Ed and Tom will be standing in for me oh, next yes. week. Yes, I'm in charge next week. It's going to be very exciting. So I do. I apologise now if next week's show is a little bit more boring than usual. Well, I think we all know that, that maybe me and Tom will just carry on afterwards. If it's really good, I will. <laughs> I, I'm still editing it. Oh, so yeah, if it's good, I'm just going to cut bits. I'll cut yeah. the good bits out. Okay. So if it's 20 minutes, it's not very interesting. It's because they did a really, really good job <laughs> and I've edited it heavily to save my own bacon. That's it from us this week. Those in the UK, enjoy the early kickoff. Remember to get those lineups set to that little bit earlier this week. To our American listeners, have a wonderful weekend as well. But that is all from us for now. We will be back with you at the end of the week for Fantasy Five. But until then, Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.